episode 154 of October 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. An example on this episode is on Carnage USA number one. Evidently, Carnage takes over a small town in the heartland of the U.S., and it takes the Avengers and Spider-Man to stop them. The cover price for the book is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com, and be sure to check out their brand new website to place your order. Welcome back, Crawl Spacers, to our October show. Uh, we've got uh, someone I haven't had on the show since July. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, sir. It's very good to be back. And dag on, has it been since July? <laughs> July was the last show. Back in the late seventies, when we were recording this one <laughs> uh, in the Camaro. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did some. I did crazy things in the backseat of that Camaro. Whoa. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. You've missed uh, Spider Jeopardy. You've missed uh, and a live call-in show of the year. Yeah, just darn. Uh, let me say, <laughs> I, uh, I was gutted to miss both Spider Jeopardy and the call-in show. Those are two of my favorite events of the year, and uh, I was going through withdrawals. <laughs> Actually, what I really instead I missed was I, I read, I read the first two months of Spider Island and mm-hmm. didn't have any way to let out my fury. <laughs> I, I feel like I read them for nothing. It's terrible. Oh man. Well, you, you. Well. And sadly, I haven't gotten to read the ones for this month, so I can't speak <laughs> about that either. <laughs> what do you think of six sixty five? The Betty Pratt one, right? Actually, I read it. I was expecting to hate it because of what I had heard about it. I mostly thought it was one of the better issues I've read of Slot's run. I mean, I see what everybody's saying with Aunt May acting like a psycho, but for the most part, it was a really good issue. <laughs> Except wow. the backup story. The backup story sucked. That one got a lot of debate. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome back, sir. Spider Island. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Jr. from SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, Jr. How's your October? Well, actually, uh, this October is actually very nice here in Cleveland. But I decided to sacrifice the necessar- necessity of getting some yard work done, of landscaping done, of working around the house, or just enjoying a good day here, and spend it inside downstairs in my mother's basement talking to you guys. So, oh, that's oh. dedication. I know. Okay, well, hey, Jr. Wait a minute. Now, did did I hear you correctly that you were giving up manscaping? <laughs> <laughs> no, my my wife took care of my ability to manscape many years ago. Oh my God. So, uh, we're starting off strong. The other voice you heard was George Barrowman from the Fight Club on the Crawl Space. Welcome, George. Hi, Brad. <laughs> That's it? You don't have any... I'm sorry. What do you want from me? Hey! Yeah, well, that works. All right. All right. And we have uh, Zach from SpideyDude.com. Welcome, Zach. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, we're getting some rain, so uh, that that's always a good sign. Um, we haven't had rain at all this year. But uh, the other thing I was going to ask George, uh, how much uh, how much funnel cake did you eat yesterday? <laughs> I was going to a fair. Yeah, well... A fair, the damn state fair of Texas, Brad. Come on now. <laughs> it's the fair. I had, yeah, it's the fair. Um, no, I had uh, actually didn't have a funnel cake. I had uh, two giant Fletcher's corny dogs. And by the way, if you're not from Texas, these things are about as big as your forearm. <laughs> um, I had two of those. Anything fried? Brad, everything. It's Texas, son. <laughs> it's anything fried? What? What the hell do you do? The My forearm's fried. Yeah. So. Um, 
No, I, I started the day off. Actually, I had a bacon burrito before I left Louisville. Wow. I got to the fair before 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, got great parking. Um, I was there for Tex- the Texas OU game. That's That was at the state fair. It's at the Cotton Bowl. So I was there for all that nuttiness. Um, the, uh, I started the day off. Okay, so I got there. I started off with, with a bacon burrito. That was before I left my own town. I got to Dallas. Immediately within about five minutes of walking through the front gate, I saw chicken fried bacon. Wow. So I had to have some of that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, later on that day I had uh, these awesome thing called uh, jack fries. And then um, two giant corny dogs. Like I said, What's a small. jack fry? Just jack fries. It's 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 like French fries, but they're they're just really good. And it's Texas. I mean, everything's bigger. Wow. Um, and um, I hope you make it to the end of the show. <laughs> it's 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 up in the air right now. That's dude. a but, coronary nightmare, dude. But here's here's the thing. Here's the I thing. hope he's got a defibrillator standing by. No doubt. So so I got I got back home right, and and as you can as you can imagine, there was an event. Um, you know, because you can't just eat that much, and then you're, you know, later on something's got to give. So, um, but then later that night, I ate a damn water burger. I ate a double meat with cheese and bacon. Wow. And I, yeah, George does not care at this point. <laughs> Saturday was not a good diet day. I, I think no. I, I think I ate more calories yesterday than I had the entire week. When George walks into a, onto a farm, the cows run, and so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I walked into the livestock pavilion uh, because that's part of the state fair. You know, we've got livestock on show and everything. Yep. And one of the cows, there was a black Angus cow. And as soon as I stepped in from around the bathroom into the uh, livestock pen area, the, the black Angus cow turned and looked over its shoulder at me and started freaking out. <laughs> and started going, <laughs> like it could smell death. It's a carnivore, <laughs> it's a carnivore run. Anyway. Uh, also, we have a little bit of changes to the show. One of the happy changes is that Josh Bertoni is now a regular. Welcome, Josh. Hello. Uh, good to be here after all these years of begging, bribing Brad, you know, flying <laughs> to San Diego, getting Stanley to bless his daughter, writing hundreds of Jeopardy <laughs> questions. Then he's like, oh, all you had to do was ask. <laughs> no, um, I mean, you, you test JR for his spider knowledge, so I think you'd be a per- you're going to be a perfect fit. Well, Jr. can probably, you know, take me back in an alley and beat me up, you know, with, with, with his spider knowledge, trust me. Um, oh, but yeah, in, the, the great spider knowledge that so far has resulted in me losing three out of four contests of spider <laughs> chip. No doubt. I, I, I'm a fraud, I tell you, I'm a fraud, and you are all finding out. My, I'm a fraud, too, because I've never won either. Okay, <laughs> John, this year. The, 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 those are all rigged, and you know. But in order to get you know in in a Spider Man-y mood, like you know maybe a brand new day, or I'm recording at Starbucks because this is where all the young hip people in the mid twenties, you know, hang out while we tweet about Spider Island and stuff like that. It's uh. And I think I think Zach had a good suggestion that uh, we had about ten questions that we didn't use last time, so hit it, give them all to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we used them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang it! All right, Kevin. I, I thought you. I thought Bertoni. I told you before this whole thing started that you had to give him at least ten questions just to make up for the fact he's not been here. Oh, oh, you guys are breaking up. All right, Kevin. All right, Kevin. For the final Jeopardy win in one minute, you you have to name ten insults for Zach. Go. That's your ten questions. <laughs> um, Dick Ball. Douchebag, uh, your, bitch, your mama. Shit, uh, Whoa! <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. W- w- wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to channel Stella here. Uh, <laughs> I got four. All right. 
What you gonna do? Anyway, yeah. Josh, welcome to the show full time. So thank you, buddy. Thank you. Wait, little weenie. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't oh name that first and because it was gonna, too what's obvious. Gonna happen, what's going to happen for the rest of the show is Kevin's just going to blur out insults. He'll, he'll, oh, yeah, he oh, doesn't oh, have a ta- oh, he doesn't have a time frame. Two inch scarlet spider. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh my god! And you know, I said that there's a happy and there's a sad note. Unfortunately, the sad note is that our good friend Stella has retired from the show. She's uh, basically is not digging Spider-Man, and you know what? This is a pretty big commitment if you don't dig Spider-Man to do once a month. So Stella was kind enough to record an MP3 uh, to say goodbye to all of her fans. So let's take a listen to that. Dear podcasting family, friends, and listeners, I've decided that I'm going to retire from the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast. There are a variety of factors surrounding this decision, but the main one is that I'm just dropping the book slash books. I love Spidey with all of my heart, and I certainly still answer Spider-Man when asked, you know, who is your favorite superhero. But I'm just not enjoying the current storylines, and and I really want to feel joy when reading Spidey, not disappointment. Going back and reading vintage issues has certainly been a refreshing change and has opened my eyes to my feelings concerning the current issues. I must thank all of you. You have welcomed me with your open arms and certainly helped me to grow in many respects. I truly consider you all my family, and I will never forget all the special moments that I was blessed to be a part of. I have spent four wonderful years on this show. I am hopeful for the future. I know that this show will continue to be such a fantastic gift to Spidey fans, and I am so happy that Josh is joining because he can offer so much more than I could ever give. But, like a graduate from a much-beloved college or high school, I certainly hope to visit. This is not the end, dear friends, but merely the beginning of a new chapter for us all. I wish you all every happiness and blessing. With love, with admiration, with respect, with thanks, Stella. And now, Bubba Moose would like to perform her final rap on the Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast. From the walls to the ceiling to the window to the floor Spidey sticks to my heart forever But sometimes stories fall apart just like pleather Brad, Zach, Kevin, and JR The original amigos started it all Michael, George, and that guy Josh Will round the cast out Coming this fall It's been four wonderful years but it's time to go Crawl Space has been like a family to me More than a show been blessed seven times seven times this show is one of the reasons i come up with these rhymes so thanks for the chance for the great opportunity it's been great being a part of such a spidey loving community so long farewell alvita saying goodbye it's time to shove off leaving no dry eye bubba moose out 2011 see you again once we reach podcast in heaven peace out y'all all right, again, it's pretty sad. Stella, you're, I really can't replace you. You're the best. But we're going to go around the horn and just give some uh, parting thoughts to Stella from leaving the show. Kevin, what's your two cents, buddy? Uh, well, I'm really sad about losing Stella from the show. I think she she often undervalued her own contribution to this show, which I, I think is just a matter of that she's a modest person. Uh, but in reality, I, I really think many times she was the best part of this show. 
Uh, it wasn't just that we needed some estrogen on the show. She she was not a token female to uh, be a part of the show. She she was somebody that became a friend to me very quickly when she came on the website, uh, and then she very quickly became friends with everybody because she draws people to herself like that. Um, and when she came to this show, she brought not only the female perspective, but she brought... Uh, a lot more knowledge than she will ever give herself credit for. Uh, she brought uh, a unique perspective that came from a different place than a lot of us uh, are coming from. It, it's, it came from she's a just highly, wildly intelligent person. Yeah. Um, and she is, you know, she's the old literature fan. She, she brought a highbrow perspective to a lot of this. Um, but she also just had so much fun. You know, with with all of us, um, and she added a lot of fun to the show. So I am going to personally miss talking to her every month on this show quite a bit. I'm going to miss hearing her on the show when I'm not on the show, and I'm quite sure that all the fans are going to miss hearing her as well. So uh, I hope she will come back as a guest star soon. No doubt, no doubt. Good thoughts, Jr. One of my favorite lines with you and Stella is uh, she's talking about duckies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that line, because I, I can so relate. <laughs> Stella was so young and had so, had so much to offer. It's just not fair that she went out this way. Why, Lord, why? <laughs> she she is dead, right? No, no, no. She oh! Is, she's, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> way to go, Fettinger. <laughs> No, I mean, I thought awesome. with, with Steve Jobs and Charles Napier both going oh, this week and, and all the things you were saying about Stella, that she had died, too, but but she's still alive? Yes. Batgirl.com, oh, oh, I don't know what to say there. now. Uh, <laughs> she's just not digging the spider books. <laughs> well, God, that was awesome. I, I was about to say, I, I don't know that I could add to uh, to uh, Kevin's eulogy. Uh <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I'm, I miss Stella. I mean, uh, for the ver- for the obvious reasons that uh, she brought a perspective that the rest of us don't have, and um, you know, kept this from being too much of a you know a, a self indulgent male sausage fest. But uh, you know, plus it seemed like unlike the rest of us, she'd actually read some real books. You know, so you know that's always a, a welcome change. But uh, you know, I can I, I can understand she's got other things she wants to do, and, and she's not digging the books right now. So I, and and it's like you know she even, even though I thought maybe she had died, apparently it's not like she's going away permanently. So we'll we'll be seeing her for or talking to her from time to time, and and so I, I wish her luck in whatever she plans on doing. And she's got an open invitation. She's talking about some uh, putting some content on the front page that's kind of unique to the crawl space. So. Etc. So she's it's still going to be a part of the site, but she just, as I said earlier, this is a big commitment once a month to do several hours of a show. That if you're not digging Spider-Man, I can understand why you wouldn't want to do it. So, uh, Josh, you're good friends with her. You met her for the first time in uh, San Diego. Yeah, and the thing about Stella's, uh, like Kevin said, it wasn't just a token chick thing. Because when you ask people, you know, about funny moments from the crawl space, you know, they'll say things like, what's a fat one? They'll reference Mm -hmm. Stella's literature stuff. I mean, no. And who could forget the impact that Bubba Moose has had on all of us? So, (laughs) I mean, um, she's definitely left an impact on the show. And she was a big part of what helped, you know, gave the show the identity that it did have, you know. And, um... I think even though she's not on the show, I know it's a cliche thing to say, 
But, I mean, she will affect the show for years to come, just based on how she's helped build it up and, you know... I, I, I don't know. I don't want to get all too spirity, but I mean, you know, she's she's here in spirit, and she's here um on my MP3 player with all of her other uh, podcasts <laughs> that um she's doing. I mean, if you want to hear her, you know, do her impressions and her Kimberly Rockmore back row the Oracle is a funny show, a very well put together show. She knocks it out of the park there when she reads the letter pages and her voice impressions. But you know, fans who miss her, check out the message board. She'll still be posting on that, and you know, say hi to her. Let her know that you know. You miss her and that, you know, you enjoyed her time on the show because that will mean a lot for to her. Yeah. And, Zach, you also got to meet her for the first time in San Diego this year. Zach, uh, I don't think is here right now. Um, he's just too choked up. <laughs> he's still um, crying. He'll he'll be back once he gets his uh, his man parts back in order, yeah. um, which could be a while. Um, yeah. He's got to look far and wide for them. In fact, <laughs> I, I hear they are in you're, still You're going for perks. extra points in Spider Jeopardy this time, aren't you? <laughs> Well, I want to win, Brad. I, yeah, I'm I here to win. <laughs> Zach, you, all right, Zach, are you there? I'm here. Sorry, guys. All right, go ahead, buddy. Uh, you know, I, I am going to miss Stella, despite the fact that she's been known for her insults uh, <laughs> towards me. But uh, she's done a fantastic job. That uh, She's done a fantastic job both on the show and on the front page. And I, I am looking forward to this new chapter with concerning her. Uh, she's... She's certainly going to be missed. Um, I'm sad to see her go, but but uh, I know that she's she's going to branch off and do her own thing, and and uh, we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from here. And George, she lovingly called you Bear. <clears throat> yeah, and um, I uh, I was just looking. You know, we're sitting here doing our chat, and I uh, I had pulled up an emoticon after. Um, uh, J.R. threw out, well, you know, because he's dead, right? And I was going to do something funny, and then I saw the bear hug icon, and, you know, which I always used to do to Stella and everything. Yeah. And then I got sad. Um, I've actually been trying this because this was out of nowhere, kind of. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been trying not to even think about it really all that much, you know, because it's just too. It, there's a lot now we're going to miss, you know. Right. And you know, there's like a hole now, and. <laughs> I remember when, you know, because you texted me and was like, you know, Stella quit and checked the message board, and I did, and um, I read it. And I read it, I mean, it was, it was kind of, you know, you, you didn't, it, it, it's like Bigfoot sitting next to you on the bus, you know, I mean, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you're like, okay, that just happened. But, um, you know, I felt like, I, I, I read it, and then I, I thought, I this is how the Scarecrow felt when Dorothy left Oz, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So and I and I have I've been pretty bummed out about it, but um, I I think you know and and we'll all miss her. You know, I mean she'll still be around. You know, she's not dead like Jr. thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I, I figured since you know we were gonna you know start off with this, and it is. I mean, it's kind of a downer. You know, well, yeah. it's not kind of it is. It's sad. Um, but you know because and I think everybody on the show knows this about me and all of. Every everyone on our message boards and people at Marvel and well the whole world really knows that if there's one thing I strive to do it's find the positive in everything. <laughs> you know because I uh, I just I always shy away I always shy away from negativity and uh, and I always I always try to look for the best in everything. So I've compiled a top ten list of things we can now do without Stella. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hit hit it. All right. So, top ten things that we can now do around here without Stella. Number ten, 
Rename the show Spider-Man's Sausage Palooza or Big Brad's Boy Nanza. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. We can take down all the unsexy Jane Austen pinups. <laughs> Remember, I remember the, the one time she put him up around the clubhouse, and uh, Zach was like, ooh, I can almost see ankle on that one. And Stella was like, shut up, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Number eight. We can stop talking about literature because, seriously, who reads? Am I right? <laughs> I don't even read comic books. I haven't read a comic book in ten years. <laughs> Law at reading. Okay, number seven, new pre-San Diego special, Bertoni's Best Places to Get Laid at the Con. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh, hell, that's awesome. <laughs> number six, we can now review the Spider-Man porn parody and interview the chicks. <laughs> We're the number oh one. God. We're the number one Spider-Man podcast on the internet. How come that hasn't happened yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five. Michael Bailey can finally start talking about his love of all things furry. <laughs> I don't know how many of you just uh, follow oh. Bailey's uh, eight thousand blogs or podcast, but he just came out as a furry. And uh, wants us all to to support his new furry persona, Foxtrot. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) Number four, new spider Jeopardy category. Would you hit it? (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, my God. That's the Brad Douglas category. It's replacing Yes, yes. Well, don't say that because every time there's a Brad Douglas category, I come in and I take it away from him. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, at last, Jr. can replace Spidey history with web fluids, the erotic adventures of Peter Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when he shut the door on Mary Jane (laughs) in their apartment the first time? Yeah, that was hot. All right. Number two, we can finally, finally let Zach read aloud from that Spidey Nightwing slash fic he's been writing since high school. I hate you right now, Joe. <laughs> or as Zach calls it, part one. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God, this is awesome. <laughs> oh. All right. And the number, the number one thing, the number one thing we can now do without Stella, two words, spider strippers. <laughs> there you have it, the top ten things we can now do without Stella. Bravo. I miss you, I miss you very much, Stella, and we all love you very much, and good luck in everything that, you, that you're going to do from here forward. And, uh, you know, let us steer for us sometimes. No doubt. That yeah. Was awesome. that, that was good. That was fantastic, George. So how do I segue out of that? Oh, I know. Hoodies. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 released an image from their upcoming uh, .1 oversized one-shot setting the stage, November 2011. And uh, this has a bunch, I guess, of short stories in it. Yes, yes, it does. It's a it's a collection of 64 pages of short stories. And on the cover is a... Spider-Man looking character with red eyes and he's in a web and he's wearing a hoodie and he has the strings of the hoodie flying and he's grabbing a person's 
head that was wearing a daredevil mask. So, all right, Zach, you can have this one. It's hoodie related. What what is this image, and does it relate to the burning hoodie? Uh, probably. Uh, we just don't know yet. It, 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 this I think is going to deal with the fallout of Spider Island. Uh, but I also think that uh, somebody took Bertoni way too seriously when he said it should be it's going to be Carly Cooper as the new Scarlet Spider. Uh, you really yeah. think it's Carly Cooper, not Mary Jane, or Kane, for that matter? Uh, Kane, well, no. I, God, I, uh, <laughs> I I don't like any of those You're, scenarios. So, what? Who would be behind the mask that you'd like? Well, okay. If if, if I had to pick, if you had to put a gun, to, if George put Fred, a gun to my ben, head, mother freaking Riley. Other than Ben Riley, George would put a bacon gun to your head. I wouldn't uh, waste bacon on that. I just, I just <laughs> break his neck. <clears throat> I would say uh, if I had to pick the, one of those three, it'd be Mary Jane. But oh, so okay, yeah. Other than that, I really have nothing more to say. Anybody else? Open it up. Who, I'll who say one pause? thing. Go ahead, Kev. You know what everybody missed about the Scarlet Spider? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the hoodie. <laughs> Thank you. It, it was, was the character. character. Yeah, exactly. And I highly, I really don't think that we're getting Ben Riley back. It looks like they're like, oh, fans wanted the Scarlet Spider back. Let's throw a hoodie on somebody. Morons. <laughs> How sad is it when your mantle is a hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the talk online and on the message board is that the word Scarlet means red, and that could mean that it would be Mary Jane because of her oh. red hair. Well, that's rather... Mary Jane's powers are also manifesting differently than everyone else's powers, so does that mean that maybe she'll still have them at the end of the hashtag storyline, or... I'm convinced that it's either going to be Carly or Mary Jane. Um, Now, in that image... That makes sense. Because I assume it's going to be somebody that's kept their powers after Spider Island. Nothing... I mean, it's too much freaking coincidence. Here's my thought. I mean... uh, They've successfully launched a title with a a long-term Spider-Man... uh, Villain? Supporting Flash cast. Character? Supporting cast with Flash Thompson. And Mary Jane is by far one of the most beloved characters in the Spider-Man universe. So we can't have her as his wife, according to Marvel. Why don't we see if the fans will buy her as a superhero? Right. And it would get her out of the book more, probably, which I'm sure they like. Mm-hmm. So it focus on how perfect and beautiful and Wonderful, Carly Cooper. Well, that's my my guess who it is. George, what do you think of that? You've been growling. This, this is giving me indigestion. No, that's from the fair. <laughs> I, 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 it's you know this is uh, this is brutalist foghorn leghorn having to listen to uh, listen to a detailed explanation of how chicken McNuggets are made. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is just uh, you know, I hate the hoodie. I hate people saying you know, well, Mary Jane could be in the hoodie. Uh, I hate people saying Carly Cooper could be in the hoodie because I just, I mean, is there anything, you know, better to hate right now than Carly Cooper in the Spider-Man universe? I mean, God almighty. How about Spider-King? It's all stupid. King! God. By the way, uh, well, the Spider- hoodie Spider- is blocking the back of her head, so if she had long flowing red hair, it would be obscured by the hoodie. Uh. God, this is and just, she does look a little bulky to be a woman, but you know, Maddie Franklin looked bulky when she was Spider Man. Yeah, was bulky. It is fan well, fiction gone bulky, and that was well, Lily Hollister. Let's also face it: any, anybody they draw as a superhero is going to look extra muscular because that's how they draw superheroes. Yeah. 
Why would the dude be wearing a daredevil mask? I I don't get that at all. It's it's a robber. It's like it's like the people that wear the Nixon mask uh, they rob. It's like probably worse by Bendis because he's not used that before. <clears throat> oh yeah, wait, he did. <clears throat> Sorry. Remember the ever important spider mugger that was so essential to the brand new day storyline? Yeah. No. Uh, Jr. Not. We haven't heard your two cents. What do you think of the spider hoodie, possibly Mary Jane, the whole thing? <clears throat> Um, I've been trying to call up the image on my computer and it's not cooperating. Uh, did did the 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 character in the hoodie have red eyes? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, then it's it's got to be one of two people. Well, I mean, first it either has to be Captain Power because if you remember, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh my back, God, back after the reboot, Captain Power had red eyes, or it's probably uh, the new Fifty Two Superman because. <laughs> Because in 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 this great scene that's for all ages, and if you want to introduce your young child to reading Superman, you want to get the issue where he's strapped to an electric chair and being tortured by Lex Luthor in the military, uh, you know, as as a way of bringing the young kids into into Superman, uh, and and he's got red eyes there. So my guess is it's either Captain Power or the new Fifty Two Superman. Wow, that's a good explanation. I think I'm going to make what, an I'm with Jr. banner. <laughs> Make it a bumper sticker. <laughs> what about the thought of Mary Jane behind the mask, Jr.? You know, to be honest, uh, yeah, we go through so much of this. Who is, you know, wh- what is Marvel trying to do now? Who was Jackpot? I've just come to the conclusion it's not worth any time speculating on what Marvel's go- trying to do. You know, Considering they squandered that. According to Steve Wacker, that's not according to us. <laughs> Would you buy a Mary Jane Scarlet Spider book, Jr.? No. No. <laughs> well, it's not. Because- it- Mary Jane has always been her humane. I mean, you know, I mean, it's one of those things you might like to see in a little mini series or whatever with Mary Jane having powers and saying, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what Peter must have been dealing with. But I just don't see any kind of long term demand for such a thing, to be honest. Um, I would agree. So, exactly. You know, I, I, I don't really. But but like I said, I, I think it's really a waste <laughs> of time to speculate because. You know who knows what Marvel's doing. I mean, I, I, I'd rather sp- we might as well spend more time debating what the big red star means, and there is only one. <laughs> you know, that's that's obviously Bucky. I mean, that's you know, that's just me. Hey, yeah, you hey, know, that just yeah. who, who who gives a rat's ass what Marvel's doing these days? <laughs> let me let Go me ahead, ask George. A, let me ask everybody a question real quick, and everybody can can just you know give you know just a real quick answer on this. Um, what's the over under on a when it is finally revealed of it being underwhelming, and B, um, them dropping the ball with it, whoever it is. <laughs> Ser- no, seriously, because look at the track record on this kind of thing already. Look at the track record with Jackpot. Look at the track record with Menace. <laughs> you know, They have a track record of building this stuff up, having it not meet expectations, and having people just look at that and go, oh, that's what that was. Okay, next, yeah, and, and not only- really caring. The only win they've gotten so far, I'd say, is the new Venom, which, yeah, I haven't read, but people seem to enjoy the book. It's okay. Josh, you like it, too. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot better. I still don't like the concept of Flash Thompson as an alien symbiote, but (laughs) the execution, like, like, long term, I don't like it, but, I mean, you know, issue by issue, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, man, all they're talking about, you know, we have to adhere to what Stan Lee did back in the 60s. Can you imagine Stan Lee in the 60s hearing the phrase Flash Thompson as an alien symbiote and the heart attack he would have? <laughs> all right, moving on to other spider news. Uh, I, I was going to make one more point about the Scarlet Spider name, moniker. 
this has been done before with the Scarlet Spiders over in Avengers Initiative, so it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't that character. Okay. Moving on to other spider news, uh, this is kind of a follow-up to a topic we had a couple months ago about this uh, amazing Spider-Man 666 variant. Evidently, if comic book stores, if they would want their logo on the front of the comic book as a variant, they'd have to increase their orders by 150%. So if you ordered 100 copies, what you'd have to get... Uh, anyway, <laughs> that'd be 250 copies, I guess? I don't know. That, I guess it's... I'm horrible at math, so I think that's right. Anyway, um, this this kid uh, who is over on comicbookrealm.com, and it doesn't list his name, I don't think, but he and his father uh, helped cr- buy every single variant available of the cover, and it was spread across, um, let's see, how many... There were 144 different comic book stores that participated in the event, and it was spread across 10 different countries. So uh, he was able to get every single one shipped to him. He he basically called comic book stores around the country, emailed them, etc., and bought a copy. And he, he said it averaged out. Each book was about $8.25, so he spent... $1,188 on buying every single variant of Amazing 666. George, I think you <laughs> say this is a great idea, don't you? <laughs> um, no. This, I, I, would, I, if no. you had an extra 1100 bucks, are you doing this? <laughs> I, would, I, I would do about you know an infinite number of things with $1,100 than this. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, this was... I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna badmouth the guy. I mean, you know, it, it, you got the money. It's your money. Do with you know. Do with mm-hmm. what you want to with the money. Um, I just you know, variants are such a gimmick to begin with. I mean, in in, in the long run, it's useless. It's like it, it's like this guy chasing down uh, pogs back in the '90s. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I don't know. I just don't. I don't. I, Overpowered birds. I've never understood the fascination with the variant covers or, you know, I get that Marvel has to do them now to even sell issues, you know, because they can't just stand on the story merit alone. They have to do gimmicks now to, to get it there. But I, it just seems like a colossal waste of time and money. Unless a variant is really cool, I won't pick it up. I picked up the um, the Richard Nixon variant instead of the Obama variant. <laughs> I thought that was actually oh, kind of funny. <laughs> Where Spidey had a fro. I thought yeah, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> also, one of the my favorite variants is on Peter Parker's Spider-Man from '99, where Spider-Man's drawn by Romita Junior and Senior. So, yeah, but, I, 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 yeah, but Brad, there's there's a there's a long history of stupid variants too. Remember the Rhino? Yeah. Remember the oh, Rhino yeah. four variant Rhinos of just uh, the horn hitting the. I think one of them was wall. just all white. Yep, glass. It was a wall. I mean, that, yep. How 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 stupidly ridiculous was that? But I guarantee you, there was somebody out there who bought all that. Right. And Marvel, I mean, if they're gonna, if they can print it and people buy it, why not? Well, it's the well only I've way seen to get it above sixty thousand now. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. But uh, th- I've seen people uh, that have taken the blank. There's, there's been about three or four actually blank cover variants, and what they've been doing is they've been going to like conventions or meeting up with artists and having them draw their own cover. Right. So I mean I, I can see that I can see the benefit of that particular variant, but you know, yeah, yeah. Well, Zach, what do you think of this kid getting all uh, 144 of them? 
I'm trying to think of what you could do with a with eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> um, well, you could There's donate. A to Not a lot these days, sadly. <laughs> yeah, no, hookers well, and blow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you probably only get the blow for the eleven hundred. Not that I've ever done that. It depends on the quality of hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and what you want. To know. Moving on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so, so, Kevin, have you, uh, have you been finding some hookers and blow over there in California? I know that. I know He's California in L.A. Spidey dude, tooth and match. Let's just say. Hookers and blow. What are you? Let's just uh, say I no longer have eleven hundred dollars, and I don't have any burials. Stella, we need you back right now. We're not even like out of the news section of the next episode, and it's hookers and blow. Wow. Hookers and blow cast. HBC. Um, <laughs> JR, what do you think of this kid? 144 books, went to 10 different countries to get this stuff. Well, I guess I'm not sure that six grown men who are spending their entire afternoon talking about Spider-Man can really accuse anyone of, uh, you know, doing something which is a colossal waste of time. <laughs> but <laughs> This isn't costing me 1100 bucks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, you know, to each to each his own. You know, he ain't bothering me. He ain't pissing in my rose garden. You know, uh, I don't care. Yet, he would after he listens to this podcast. He's gonna take a poop on my car. Damn, put <laughs> me on the crawl space. And what's a hooker and what's blow? Um. <laughs> All right, move how, on. How this kid. I, I, it doesn't say in the article. Anybody else? Josh uh, or I just I admire how like. The money aside, this must have taken a lot of research and a lot of footwork and phone calls. So, like, that that's what I'm curious about. Like, cause yeah, no doubt. It, it must not have been – I mean, you know, because the money, if you have the money, you can do it, you know. Like, you, you, it only takes, you know, one second to make a purchase. But to find all these, man, I mean, and what's he going to do with them now? And is does he do other stuff like this? Like, I'm I'm, I'm really well, curious. There was another amazing Spider-Man title that you had to even order even more copies to get your face on it. So I wonder if he's going to go hit it up again. I don't know. Well, that, there'd probably be less for that one, though, because um, less people ordered that one. So uh, Another Spider topic this month is uh, it seems like Sony has uh, alerted the movie theaters that they're no longer going to be uh, sending out or they're not going to be paying for the 3D glasses when they release movies. And as we all know, next summer, uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man is going to be in 3D. So, Yay. <laughs> what do you guys think of the 3D craze, and what will local theaters do? Because movies get a big cut of the profits already. I think, uh, don't movie theaters make most of their money off the popcorns, hence why it's $12? Movie, movie theaters make next to nothing on box office sales. They make exactly. everything on concession. Yeah, I wouldn't say next to nothing, but the majority of it is from concessions. So, well, the movie, the 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 3D movie prices were already increased. I thought we were already paying for glasses. So yeah, why we're paying for the extra technology they're using, or at least ostensibly, that's what we're supposed to believe. Oh, well, I thought that we were paying for glasses. Anyway. Well, okay, can 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 I? I'll, I'll jump in on this because right, right now. For example, uh, to take it into the home 3D market, they're making they're making Vizio is making televisions that you can use the, the same glasses from the movie theater. So most people that go to a 3D movie they don't they don't recycle the glasses. They'll just bring them back from when they go to the movie theater. So 
I don't see where the issue is. If, if there, you have a ton of people with 3D glasses at home, I know some people that have like 15 pairs of 3D glasses because they keep forgetting to put them in the, in the little bin when they walk out the door. So I don't see the, I don't see the issue if you, you know. I don't know anybody that saves and brings back their 3D glasses. I don't. I, I always recycle mine, but uh, there comes a point where when you go to the movie theater, if it costs more than what the Blu-ray will cost, I think people, more people are going to stay home more than ever. I saw Alice in Wonderland and Avatar in 3D, and honestly, you know, I didn't really get, like, all that much out of it. Like, oh my gosh, this is such an awesome experience. And both of those movies were supposed to be, like, the big visual 3D ones. Out of curiosity, though, um, who is Allison, and when did she go to Wonderland? (laughs) It's, it's, um... Kevin, you live in LA. You, you know how these things work. You know this oh, is man. this is the um, this is a different version of the movie. I say I know about going to Wonderland. I just didn't think it was. The <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know the Wonderland Stella, was. A, Stella, come anyway, back. <laughs> <laughs> when a movie like Green Lantern or Captain America comes out, I usually. I'll check to see, like, what theaters... If a theater is only playing in 3D, I will go to a different theater because I will just pay less money and see it in standard definition because I just care about seeing the movie. I don't care about, oh, my gosh, I can touch Captain America's shield. That's so cool. I saw Thor and Captain America in 3D, and and it was okay. The only thing I can really remember about Thor is the the snowflakes of Asgard were kind of 3D-ish, but it wasn't like Avatar 3D-ish. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I think Cap's shield came to the screen one time, but I don't think that's worth an extra four or five bucks. Well, even Avatar's 3D wasn't that big of a deal, at least for me. Maybe for yeah. other people, but... I'll have to share a funny Avatar story. Um, when they're at the end of the movie where they're fighting and there's a big battle, etc., and uh, this was the first 3D movie I've gone to, and all of a sudden... Um, there were like lights flashing, like in the in the movie theater, and I'm like, wow, this is re- really cool. And then I took my glasses off, and there really were lights flashing in the theater. Someone had hit the uh, uh, fire alarm, <laughs> and I thought we were all thought it was part of the theater experience. God what? <laughs> and and so <clears throat> it was just a false alarm, but I'm like, damn, this is really cool, and it was really happening in front of us. So. I have if that was of, a real fight, I would have burned to the ground. I know. I'm like, damn you, Cameron. <laughs> it would have been like a big newspaper article. Like, people in Joplin, Missouri, you know, vote for, yeah. like, some dead guy for Congress or Senate, according to JR. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> every show, JR, every show. Brad's <laughs> sitting there with his life. He's like, wow, Wendy, look, it's like the fire's actually in the theater. This is like, why? <laughs> I can, I can Ow, smell the smoke. Hurts. Damn, somebody smacked a bitch. Hey, you're in here again, too? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any well, other wait, thoughts hey, on, on um, 3D? I, who'd you ask? Anybody. Go ahead. I haven't said anything yet. Let me, let okay, me, hit um, it. You know, hit it. Let me opine here. Um, okay. I've been um, I've been very let down with Hollywood for like the last several years, actually longer than that, where they, they, they're tr- consistently trying to repackage shit they've already done. Lion King, yep. You know, and, and hand it back to us for more cash. Um, 3D <laughs> is a fad that went out before I was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's like Bertoni said, you know, I get nothing from this. I knew people who had to see, like when, when this first started becoming a big trend, who had to see it in 3D. Like opening day had to be their 3D. Oh, my God, awesome. And... 
even those people now are like, it's not really worth it. They're, they're finding out that a lot of this stuff wasn't even filmed in 3D. Um, it was filmed just normally and then converted to 3D, which isn't the same thing. You know, you don't get the same thrills or whatever. If you even get thrills being with, I don't know. Um, but when you uh, – or I've read many articles now over the last, last several months that keep talking about how attendance is dropping dramatically now at the 3D stuff, at the 3D shows. Um People don't I want to pay an already exorbitant no, price. No, no. I mean, already they're already paying enough. I mean, mm-hmm. they're already paying enough. If it, Brad, Brad Douglas, you have you have what? You have a, a household of uh, four people now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. How how expensive is it for you? Would it be for you to take your entire family? Let's say Ava was a few years older. How how yeah. you know how how much would it take to, what, to not, take all four of your <clears throat> your wife, your your kids? Yeah. To to a movie to a three D show and also get uh, gets everybody like something to drink and something to snack on. Here, let's add it up. It's probably about not, let's round it up to ten dollars a ticket. Ten times three is thirty bucks, and Ava's will probably get a kid. So for, what six or seven bucks? Yeah, thirty seven bucks plus. Um, and that's before you've even gone to get like a drink or a popcorn or something. Popcorn. A drink or a popcorn? Come on, there's gonna be multiple. Yeah, there's. Let's see. <laughs> Some chocolatey snacks. We're, we're, we're into the fifty to sixty dollar range. Oh, it's easy. easy. Or would you rather stay home, cook your yeah. own damn popcorn, and get and watch a Blu-ray? Exactly. Or watch and not and not have somebody talking or making out in front of you or behind you. Right. Right. Unless so, me. It's, you know, this, <laughs> I, I think the three D fad itself is dying because it is a fad, and I think people I think people are smart enough to realize. Oh, wait a minute! They already did this to us, and it was a fad. And you know what? It's it failed back then, just the way it's it's failing now because it's just a gimmick. It's not going to be a long term thing. So you know, I plus I mean you know. When I first when I first heard about this in relation to Spider Man, the first thing that popped in my head was, well, everything they've done with this reboot has been on the cheap anyway. They went out and got a director they could pay next to nothing, and mm-hmm. and who they could control, you know, off right off the bat. They went with you know relatively unknown actors except for a couple of aging veterans who they could get on the cheap who haven't really done all that much lately. So everything they've done with this production has been on the cheap has has been to minimize cost, you know, so that they can try to make as much money as they can. Because I think they realize they're gonna. This is gonna be like a all the money or most of the money they're they're gonna make from this reboot, like in the subsequent films, is gonna come from this one. Yeah. So I I, I think it's that's more of what we're seeing here. They're just trying to maximize. I mean, to the nickel and dime, everything that they can get from from just this one movie while they're trying to produce it on the cheap. And I think this is part of that. Any other thoughts before we move on? Okay, the other topic we're going to hit up is about back issue sales. Uh, I saw this uh, blog, Boology 101, over on the Westfield Comics blog. Uh, Bo Smith writes it, and he was talking about he's noticed a dramatic decrease in the number of people, or he's been talking to retailers, and they've noticed a dramatic decrease in the number of people buying back issues. And uh, he says the cost of new comics is eating up everybody's wallet, pretty much, with a 3 $4 cover price. Not many people have any money to go back and buy a rare back issue. And, and he, retailers and he are worried that back issues, they take up a lot of space, and they're eventually going to be like old records. You know, They're going to be very um, niche market, etc. Not that comic books already, aren't already niche market, but more than they already are. Uh, thoughts on this, Kevin? Hit this one up. 
Uh, I don't know that I really agree, um, especially the comparison of old records. I mean, mm-hmm. the the cassette tape for comics hasn't been invented yet, let alone the CD <laughs> or the MP3. Um, and and yeah, digital comics, and yes, digital comics are getting a little bigger, I will grant you, but I mean, for my money, the comic companies are continuing to screw that market up. Um, DC's like four ninety nine comics to get a digital thing is whoa ridiculous. Um but I also can't argue with the fact that just economy wise, I've got no money. Uh mm. <laughs> and I keep shelling out the little money I have to keep up with new comics, uh, but I haven't bought a back issue in God knows how long because I don't have the freaking money. So just economy wise uh, I think that's – I would agree with him. I, I don't know about the whole digital replacement thing, though, but I haven't done the market study to really talk knowledgeably about that. But do you, have you know, do you know of any of your friends that are not buying as much back issues, et cetera? I mean, you said you well, weren't. I haven't either. I was going to say, you're my friends. You tell me. I haven't <laughs> bought back issues in a long time. I, mean, I still buy back issues uh, almost weekly. Whenever I get new comics, I usually buy back issues with it because it's – I, I like having them, and yeah. it's it, it, it's a habit, and it's hard to break. Well, it's, back when comics were sixty cents a dollar, a dollar fifty, we had didn't we have more money to go do that? Yep. And I'm buying less new comics too, so you know mm-hmm. that that money is going to back issues. But of course, back issues are shrinking because hey, you know, comic sales are shrinking in general too. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously, back issue sales are going to go with that. You know, they're saying it's going to go the way of the dinosaur. Well, comics are going the way of the dinosaur. So, do you think that? Well, we'll hit this up in the next topic. But do you think that digital Marvel subscription is taking some, uh, or that maybe the trade maybe the trades are affecting the back issues too? You know, uh, well, um, think about think about our most recent. We all know somebody who just told us I'm enjoying the old stories now, and uh, think about what it was that got her into it. Yeah, it was the essentials. Yeah, and she, I, I, you know, we don't have her here to you know to talk about it, but I'm pretty sure she wasn't buying back issues; she was just buying the trades. Right, um, Brad. You know mycomicshop.com. Yeah. That's actually Lone Star here in uh, here in uh, the North Texas area. It's a huge yeah, chain. Yeah, they're, they're sponsoring the front page. I like. Right, I, I right. bought some stuff from them too. Or they used to be a huge chain. They've closed most of their stores now. Um, Seriously, I didn't yep. know that. I took one of. I mean, this is this is the place where I started. Like when I started buying in uh, junior high, just on my own. Before that, like mm-hmm. I'd have my folks buy stuff for me. Like you know, when we went to the you know drugstore. Um, but. The uh, the one over in Fort Worth by where uh, my friend lives, and I took his kids over there one day, and uh, I told them, I said, okay, I'm going to get you guys some stuff. You each have ten bucks, you know. And oh, by the way, I have to look at it because you can't just grab anything. They were grabbing stuff, you know, off the rack. the the the, kill, the children's area is so tiny now, and it's sad that there even is a children's area that it can't just a bit, you know. But um, that it can't just be all kid friendly. But you know, um. The Lone Star we went to didn't even have back issues. There was wow. no back issue section. It didn't have one at all. Because I kept looking for one, and I finally asked the the clerk, the girl working there. I said, "Where's your back issues?" And she was like, "We don't we don't carry back issues anymore. Everything's online now." Um, hmm. 
I, I I had to take them to a sort of like you know like like a non chain. There was a, a nice comic book store over in Hearst, you know, just one city over, and we wound up going over there, and they had a lot of back issues. And like from the eighties, you know, like like the the kids wanted Captain America stuff. The Captain America movie had come out, and so the kids were like, "Oh, Captain America, Captain America," because it was right mm-hmm. then, you know. Right. So, um, and of course, I had read most of those from back in the eighties, so I knew that they were safe. They, this guy was having a, a big back issue sale. It was like two bucks per back issue. So I told him, I said, "Okay, y'all can get like two of these new comics if we can find ones that are appropriate for you, yeah. um, or y'all can get like five of these over here from this section." What do you think they went with? With more, more for the less. Right, exactly. <laughs> they went with the older stuff that they could get more of, and yeah. loved it every bit as much. So, I, I do think, and I think you know, we can look at Stella as an example. Like, you no, know, I, I do think that the trade market is hurting the back issue market. Um, I don't know that back issues are you know, quote unquote going away. I, I think people are just buying them more online through different venues, or they're just buying trades. Now, eventually, when comics do go out of print, and uh, and that's going to happen. I don't know when, but it will happen. I think it's going to make the back issues a little more or uh, a little more valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, same way it has with like you know like with like uh, records like vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, well, George brings up a good point, though. Part of it, I think, is retailers have not, in this new market, in this new economy, reevaluated their pricing of back issues. Because so many of the back issues are still priced like it's some booming market, and they're assigning uh, a completely made-up imaginary value to these comics. Yeah, I would buy five comics that were $2 a piece in the back issue, but so often I go look for just random series, and why is this comic from 1994 that nobody read $6? Right, right. They They probably, a lot of them still go by the Overstreet. Guide. Well, here, hey, let me let me let me talk about that because I I thought yeah. about that. Um, every one of these issues, I mean, these were all from the eighties, and we're talking, Brad, we're talking entire runs of stuff. Like all the Stern Avengers were in these back issue things. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have them already, I would have crapped my pants and been like, oh my god, you know, and, and I would have grabbed them up. But I mean, I've had them for decades, but. None of that, and I'm sure you know. I could go to like mail order comics, or I could whip out an Overstreet price guide, go through there, and say, okay, well, this one's actually worth this, or this one's actually worth that. What he did was just set an average that he knew could would move. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, I bought a ton of old Avenger stuff from like the late '70s and early '80s that I didn't have, and I bought it back in '98. Back, and I bought it at Lone Star back when Lone Star had back issues, and they were all priced at a buck. So there's definitely an element of that. There's, there's, you know, sit around and wait for somebody to buy it at six bucks a pop, or, or price it at a buck and move it the hell out of here, and let's make some, let's make some quan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin's got a good point on that. Jr., you bought any back issues in a while? Um, the last time I bought some back issues is when my uh, my favorite retailer was having a, a blowout sale because he was trying to reduce his inventory because he was moving into smaller quarters. Um, a lot of what I mean, some of what you guys said is I think is exactly right. And then there's a couple of things that the uh, the guy who wrote the letter, I mean, who actually wrote the blog, is is right about. I, you know, the the guy, I, I the guy, he made he made the the point that with back issues accumulating after so many decades, I mean, it, it, there is just this massive amount of paper, this massive amount yep. of junk, you know, and it's almost reached it's just reached critical mass. There's just too much of it to move. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, you talk about supply and demand, 
I, I think because I'm going through this uh, kind of self-examination right now, and I can't imagine. I imagine that a lot of <laughs> middle-aged old farts like myself are going through this. We're saying, "Oh shit, you know, my kid's going to school. You know, oh shit, I'm going to be retiring before too many more years are out, and I've got mm-hmm. all this stuff sitting that I haven't looked at in a while. My kids aren't going to want. What am I going to do with it? You know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and they're going to they're they're going to want to start unloading. So you have that much more inventory. And then I think one thing that's that's hurting like your local comic store is that, you, you know, you guys mentioned the online ventures. I mean, it used to be you had to drive around to different stores to try to find that one issue you were looking for. Yeah. Now all you got to do is punch it up on eBay and, you know, probably there's about half a dozen copies uh, at uh, at your that you can pick and choose from at the lowest price. Um, and then that gets back to the point that you guys were making that retailers don't seem to realize this, that there isn't the demand for it at the prices they're asking for. And if they want to move it, they're just going to have to move it at, you know, so it's not like so much back issue sales are dying, but maybe they're dying at the price that the retailers keep holding the line on, you know, and aren't, aren't, you know, facing the reality that, you know, between with supply and demand, it just isn't worth what they think it is. Um, it is kind of funny, though. I asked the retailer I bought some back issues from. I said, wow, how are you doing with your sale? And he rolled his eyes, and he said, I have sold a ton of, of back issues, and I have not made a visible dent in my inventory yet, <laughs> which just, you know, explains that it's just, just the, the stuff that it, there's just way too much stuff out there. Just yeah. too much. It's depressing the price overall. It's depressing what people will pay overall. Uh, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the market dying. It's just, it's just the law. The laws of supply and demand have long since caught up with it. So, mm-hmm. exactly. There's still there's still a market for for back issues and, and things like trades. Yeah. And and collections. There's always going to be a market for that. Um, they'll still always be able to make money off of that. I just yeah. Um, just what form is it going to come? Is it going to come digital? Is it going to come, you know, print? It's not going to come print much longer, I don't think. Well, they're not going to be able to make a killing from it. That's the thing. They can make money no. from it if they're willing to be realistic. But it seems a lot of them are still out there, kind of like Kevin was alluding to, with, you know, why buy a piece of crap for, you know, t- from t- t- ten years ago, I didn't want to pay cover price for. Why am I going to pay <laughs> six bucks for it now? You know, Marvel, Marvel and DC both have a very finite window of how much money they can continue to make off of printed trade collections, you know, um, before it all goes digital. Because that window is getting close. Uh, didn't DC or – no, didn't Barnes & Noble just pull all the DC off their shelves? Well, they did the that DC? because they made a they made a uh, exclusive deal with Kindle, I think. Yeah, that was in response oh. to the Kindle thing. They have like a rule. Yeah. That if that if they don't get the books in all formats, then they don't carry them, and that's been their policy since before this thing. Okay, well, wait a minute. Okay, so in other words, another way to look at that is DC just had all their all their their hard copy books pulled off the chains of of nations leading, you know, book retailer, right? Or, yep, or as far as like means. freaking mortar store, right? Yep. Yeah, which means wow, which means the wow. only place you can go get a uh, DC book. Uh, at a brick and mortar store, like a bookstore type thing, is going to be uh, Hastings. Sheesh. What about? Yeah, that's not a trend though. That's just a snip. You know, yeah. Barnes and Nobles is you know is acting like a five year old. You know, well, what's the don't... one that just hit bankruptcy too? Is it the... Borders. Barnes and Noble? Borders, Borders is okay. gone. Borders just got yeah. bought yeah. by Barnes and Noble. I mean, they literally okay. just bought all their assets. 
Our malls down here have Walden Books, which I think that's a yeah. that that, that was owned by Borders, so I think that we they'll that, carry yeah. DC. Anyway, all right. Uh, other topic we're going to hit up is uh, Avenging Spider-Man. Evidently, in response to Mar- uh, DC releasing for an extra dollar, you can get a digital copy of the book. Uh, Marvel has said that uh, every issue of Avenging Spider-Man that's shipped, you'll get a free digital copy. So you don't have to pay the extra buck. You just have to buy the, the, hard, co- the, the hard copy for three ninety nine. Which begs the question, in my opinion, are all of our comics going to become polybagged, like the ni- uh. 1990s Spider-Man McFarlane issues? Because that's how they're going to put these codes in there. I'm still trying to figure out why the first issues of the new Ultimate books were polybagged. To not give away the spoilers, I, I think... Of what? Yeah, but they cover They're going to give it to CNN the day before anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, whoa, simmer down, boys. Uh, <laughs> so that MSNBC doesn't scoop CNN, duh. So, so here, here's the topic at hand. Is it a good idea to include a code in the book that you can read it on your computer? And what do you think of polybagging every comic like a good housekeeping magazine does, or Playboy does, for that matter? What do you think of your comics being bagged, Zach? <laughs> well, um, I mean, I bought the first couple issues of Ultimates, um, yeah. but I didn't see the point, the needlessness of doing the poly bags with the, with the new Ultimate line. It's stupid. But now that would probably make your comic not near mint, wouldn't it, if you open it, it up? It would make it very good. <laughs> exactly. And what do you think of all that? It's It's crap. It's just <laughs> crap, okay? There's there's gimmicks, and then there's stupidity. And now they've reached the realms of stupidity. Let's put every comic in a poly bag. So is the art. So the artist that does the cover, when you're on the news, when you're on the newsstand, you're looking at the looking at the covers. They're just going to put a generic logo on the front. So the artist that did all the hard work on the pretty cover doesn't have its pretty cover seen until you open the bag. That's stupid. Yeah. And, and, and this Mar- Marvel Digital thing, I get it. Marvel is getting their butts handed to them by DC. Let's let's face it. All the new, all the talk, all the hype, everything has been focused centrally on DC, and Marvel is doing everything they can and scrambling to do everything they can to to do something about it. Um, this is stupid. I, I, I know. I know that's not. That's not the politically correct thing to say. I know that it doesn't really give adequate enough explanation other than this is not good for the long-term viability of the comics. If you're just going to polybag, then why don't they just give out cards saying, go read this book? They they probably could polybag it like the magazines do, where it's a clear polybag, where you can see the cover. Yeah, they did that with uh, uh, Ultimate Fallout 4. Okay. Okay. I mean, but that's still stupid. So you yeah. you can't just flip through a book. You have to rip open the poly bag to read the book. So if you want to burn steal, <laughs> Jr., your burn stealing days are over. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, that that's stupid because I mean I've picked up Venom, the the book Venom during the Spider Island hashtag crossover, just to check it out because everybody's been talking about how good the book is. And so if I wanted to burn steal that book, I would have to rip open the poly bag to read well, the you, book. 
You've pretty much you can't, there is break, no burn stealing. You can't. Yeah, there is no such thing as burn stealing. And oh, by the way, you break, you buy. So I have to buy this book if I don't like what I see when I'm burn stealing it. Yeah. It's stupid. I don't think that burn stealing is a good. Defense. I don't care. You know, it's it's, it's a commonly used internet phrase at this point. You know, if John Burns well, I also feel like Marvel is, is kind of cool with you not being able to burn steel anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I mean. Like they're like, <laughs> I don't think that that's like something that we can like complain about. Like, hey, they're not letting us burn steel. They're like, oh, you mean we're not letting you look at this thing for free that other people have to buy? You're gonna have to pay for this kind of disappointment, son. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that it's cool that they're doing this, you know, for free because this is still this digital thing is still a new market, and there's still a lot of people. Like, it's not like with MP3s where a lot of people use them now instead of CDs. A lot of comic book readers are still not accustomed to the digital format, so this is a good way to try them out and uh, to quote unquote train them to do it. Because I don't think that digital is going to completely take over until. Years from now, when everyone has a tablet device, right now, tablet devices are too expensive. Not everyone can afford them. And yeah, MP- not everybody sees the point. Right. Well, yeah. and, and that may change, Bertoni, to dovetail on we talked about the Kindle. Uh, Amazon just came out with a tablet that's much cheaper that could do comic books now. And, and I could see you know Amazon down the road selling a tablet that does a bunch of different things for 99 bucks. And you're paying 99 cents for the for the app to to read all these all these new books. That the, the thing is, is everybody when they when you talk tablets, you're talking iPad because that's the leading innovator in the tablet market right now. But this new Kindle Fi- or, or Amazon Kindle Fire that's coming out, that could be a game changer in itself, and that it brings the cost of those tablets down to where it may not be years down the road. It may be about five years down the road, not 20 years. Sure, five years down the road, yeah, tablets will be cheaper. Because I remember when MP3s, you know, you could not get one under 60 bucks. Now you go to, like, Toys R Us, they have MP3 players for kids that hold, like, you know, a gigabyte. And you can get those for, like, 20 bucks. So, I mean, I think that we'll have, you know, 30-buck tablets, you know, from – it won't be from Apple or anything, but, you know, they'll – when when you when everybody has a tablet the way that everyone has a cell phone or an MP3 player now that's when digital comics will become bigger. Right now it's the, I don't feel like that's going to happen. The sample. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm the old guy, but everybody got a phone because it's a phone. I don't see why guy, I'm in that trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I of mean, a swinging I'm, swinging I'm single guy. That, I'm, I'm the guy in my family that got the first CD player before anybody else did. I got the first. DVD player in my family. I got the first Blu-ray player. I got the first iPhone. I was the first one with an MP3 player. I still don't see the point of getting a tablet. I've got a laptop. I've got an iPhone. It does the same shit, for, but I have to buy another thing. I don't get it. Well, so if, if I'm I'm relatively technologically progressive, and if even if I don't want one, I feel like there's a lot of this country that is not going to catch up on that. Well, I, I would argue, Kevin, are, are you... Are, Somebody like Stella, we'll bring that back to her. She's an avid reader. It's easy to have the Kindle in your hand and and be able to read a book. Okay, I agree, and I know at least two people that the same way they have Kindles because they read so many books. But uh, let's talk about how many people in this country are reading that many books these days. This is true. Yeah. Are we haven't heard from you? What do you think of uh, free digital download and polybag in every book? Um, it belongs in my I don't give a shit file. 
<laughs> that's a, that's a giant big, file, JR. <laughs> yeah, like, how big is that file? That's terabytes that, of I don't give a shit. Does that file get bigger every year, JR? <laughs> it gets yeah. bigger every day. Uh, I mean, it's a different. It's a it's two different reading experiences for you, JR, that we're used to. We're going to have to open the bag. And or you're going to read it on your computer if you want. Well, uh, one, they're not going to. I, I don't think they're going to polybag everything because of the cost. I mean, well, how, I'm does, sure, how do they put the code in there? Well, no, no, they they they're not the going to do it with that. Retailers put it in there. Yeah, they're not going to do it with every comic. They're just they're not. I don't think they're there yet. Where this is something they're going to be doing with every comic. I mean, I'm not going to worry about it until it actually is something. This is this is something they're trying to do, one, to promote a new number one, yeah, 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 and two, because DC's been eating their lunch in the publicity department. They're trying to do something to get it back. Yeah. You know, until this, until, this, until this looks like a permanent change, I, I'm just not going to worry about it. Okay. They're, worried, they're, they're doing uh, digital copies now on everything 399. Yeah, that's pretty much what they said in that press release, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I ain't gonna buy one. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna buy the flo- <laughs> okay, I'm gonna buy yeah. the floppies, and when they go digital, I don't know. Maybe it maybe it'll be time to you know start right. uh, you know to put my teeth back in and move down to Florida. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now, Could JR, be a lot. Wait a hang on, Jr. Hang on. You wouldn't put your teeth back in just to move to Florida. <laughs> well, well I don't talk about. Well, you know that that would be an advantage over the, some of the other old men, you know, and and when hunting the uh, the Aunt Mays that are sure down to be there, they oh. probably prefer men oh. with teeth oh. than men with not. So, oh. okay. well, so, hey, where's your last word on the uh, the digital and the polybag? Um, I, I I'm kind of like Jr. I mean, I, anything that's got a code in it is going to have to be bagged. Yeah. Um, I, it's just it's the 3.99 stuff, so I, I don't think there's going to be a, that much of it going on. Um, I just don't I, I don't see the point right now of the digital copy. It, if I, it's because DC did it. I know it's because DC <laughs> did it, and Marvel will badmouth whatever DC does immediately, and then they'll do it in a few months, which makes yeah. me wonder if they're going to go ahead and reboot everything next year. Yeah. Well, but uh, yeah, I just I just. Uh, I don't see uh, the the need for. It. I don't like this model, you know. And this is not going to be the the final model that winds up. They're they're literally they're throwing things against the wall right now to see what sticks. DC's doing it on a lot of different levels, but they're you know they're doing it right now to try to see how they're going to do it eventually. Mm-hmm. And you know when they eventually go to an all digital format and just say goodbye to print. Um. So I, I guess this is a this is a growing pain they kind of have to go through, you know, before they're going to get there. Um, I just I, I don't see where you know this model. This this raises more questions than anything else about the future, about what this model is going to be like. Um, if the only way I can get it, you know, comics is digitally, I'm goddamn sure not going to buy a digital comic for three ninety nine. That will never ever effing happen. Well, it helps save on the uh, tons of long boxes we all have stacked up somewhere, and in some cases, use them as furniture. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it it, it, ma- it makes me th- wonder more about where everything's going because I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going to spend that much money on digital. If oh, they want, if they want to get rid of the Bendis tax and and bring things down to like about ninety nine, <laughs> I'll focus on things that are really important, you know. But um, and yeah. It, it, for me, this just this it's it's a it's it's a bigger issue than the sex. It, you know, it makes me wonder about where it's all going. Well, one last thing I wanted to say is uh, yeah. when I was coming home on the plane yesterday, 
Uh, when the plane takes off, I'm reading a comic book. I'm enjoying reading my comic book. It is passing my time. The girl next to me has to turn off her iPad. Oh. <laughs> so, had, was I, had I been using digital comics, I would not have gotten to continue enjoying my comic book. Oh. Well, and I, I was going to make the point that we were talking about the polybags just, just a second ago, and Brad, they may not have to use the polybags because I mean you're already getting a when you go to a comic shop you're getting it bagged and boarded already most of the time. So couldn't they just take the take the little code cards? No, and you're not getting it? that all. You're not getting that always. No, I that's, don't, that's, that's, that's up to that's up probably, to They probably can't print it inside the book because someone could jot it down. You know, I would think. I don't know. Anyway. Well, you enter the code and then you say, "Do you, how would you like to pay?" Instead of doing the three ninety nine thing, do it for two. Charge the comic for two ninety nine and say, "Hey, if you want to get a digital copy, it's only a, it's only a buck. Just make it like an iTunes store. Use the Steve Jobs box. People are going to have the codes online on message boards. You know, in an hour the books release. Well, those codes are only going to be good for a one time download. They I mean, yeah. they do that with video games now, where it's like tied in. You know, like you buy a video game, you got the authentication code. It's only good for that one that one copy. You can't go install it on someone else's computer." Yeah, or, um, or someone else, or use it for someone else's account. That's my thing. You know, it's, uh, Electronic Arts has been doing that a lot with the uh, all the sports games. To get all the co- online content, you have to enter in that code before you do anything. And we'll wrap up the show right about there. We have two more episodes coming out this month. But before we go, I want to give another shout out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another Spider example of their great prices is on the Spider-Man PSA trade paperback. Now, over the years, Spider-Man has done a lot of public service announcements, and this trade collects pretty much all of them. Spidey tackles topics like saying no to drugs, the dangers of child abuse, and even teen pregnancy. The trade is huge, and it clocks in at 456 pages. And the cover price is $34.99. Mail order has it for just $21.69, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at their new website, mailordercomics.com. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.